This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet, this internet anyway, um, where we talk about all things uh, sci-fi, fantasy, movies, and television, other shows uh, dare to tread where we brush the clouds, but we are going to go right up that mountain and bring you the news that no one else is willing or rather able to do. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinnerIsComing.net, and I am here with Daniel Roman, another editor at WinnerIsComing.net. Daniel, how does this week find you? Uh, this week finds me scandalized and concerned <laughs> about the future of all of my favorite shows. Not really, Ooh. they're all doing great, but everyone on them seems like they are doing questionably. So roundabout way of saying good. How are you, Dan? I'm pretty well, but I'm curious. What are you talking about? Folk on your favorite shows who are not doing well? Did an actor have a yeah. hit a hip? Oh, no. No, I'm talking about uh, a certain king of the narrow sea getting booted out of King's Landing, about oh, lies and scandals piling up. I, I'm gotcha. in it. I, I've been thinking about nothing but King's Landing gossip for days. It was a memorable one. I mean, this to me was the episode of House yes. of the Dragon, by the way, Game of Thrones, people show currently on HBO, where things heated up and uh, it was a totally. point of no return. But thanks for all our commenters coming into the chat. Hello, Natalie. Hello, Kathleen. Hello, Julie. Hello, Christian. Hello, Martha. Welcome. Uh, hello, Andaman. Good to Welcome see you back, all. Welcome back, everybody. And of course, let's talk. Let's talk. Let, let's talk with House of the Dragon, of course, which is. Yeah. So now that we're four in, four episodes in, and the ratings are somehow mm-hmm. still going up, Daniel. I, yeah. I guess when the show started, I was uh, adopting a posture of cautious optimism because I was thinking Game of yeah. Thrones was this giant phenomenon. Lightning doesn't strike twice, what I'm told. That's what I was lied to when I was a kid and my mother. And um, apparently it's actually looking like this new show is coming pretty close to capturing some of the fervor that defined the Game of Thrones peak era. Daniel, audience, could this end up being as big as the old show? Could the sequel prequel actually surpass what came before? Could this be Frasier to Game of Thrones <laughs> Cheers? Ooh, ooh, what a parallel to draw there. I, I do like Frasier quite a bit more than Cheers. Could it be? I do too, I do too. Man, I, I don't know. I think, I do think the lightning... Right now, it feels pretty electric. Feels like it's striking twice a little bit because the ratings going up the way they have is not typical. It speaks well to people like to word of mouth, people spreading the word that the show's really good. Yeah, that, yeah, must uh, be. week after week for the first four weeks, it has not dipped really. And against football, and it's against yeah. This weekend, I think was the beginning of NFL season, so that really surprised me. That. That says a lot if they didn't drop very much in the first weekend of NFL season. Mm-hmm. So I think 
you know, I don't know if it's going to surpass the original show. That's that's such an impossible benchmark to to hold it to. And it's a different story. I wonder if people might, I don't want to say check out, but like it's more intimate. Do you think it would have the same broad appeal considering how like almost more like a play it is this show? I think that the fact that it is a little different is helping folk see the same world in a new way. Like you said, like uh, what, well, like you're, you're, you're afraid folk will like check out, yeah. but they're not that the audience is growing as we watch it. I mean, if things keep going the way they are, if people are as interested as they clearly are, I don't see any reason it couldn't get up to bigger heights. And I've said this to you and, and I've been thinking lately now that I know what the uh, kind of the actors look like in their characters. And, and I know sort of the tone they're going for before yeah. I knew what was going to happen in the story. Right. I, I, I'd read fire and blood. I'm reading it now. I'm mm-hmm. reading it now for, for, cause why not? But um, I didn't, I didn't know what it was going to look like on the screen. Now that I do yeah. now I can picture what these actors are going to look like and what tone they'll strike as they get some of the more crazy events later in the story. And I'm like, whoa, that stuff could be yeah. as intense as advertised because this 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 stuff gets pretty insane. And again, now that I have confidence that they actually can sell a good show and they can write it in a way that's going to appeal to people and they can direct it in a way that's going to be memorable. I'm like, they actually mm-hmm. do have some giant peaks coming up. So I don't see why not. I say get your expectations wildly out of whack. I say, shoot for the moon and then land in the stars. which makes no sense. That's saying, I hate that saying. And um, just let your expectations get out of control. Why not? We're going to be the biggest show in the history of television. Screw Frazier. Yeah. Sorry, Frazier. I mean, no, Frazier, you're great. Don't leave Frazier. Yeah, I think, I don't know. I think it's just doing well. I think it's good to see kind of how people have taken with it. And I think once we get dragons fighting dragons, I think if there's a point where it's going to feel like this show could give Game of Thrones a run for its money, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be once dragons start fighting dragons, because that's not something we really got in Game of Thrones. Like there's that one one fight with the Night King, but it's dark. It's hard to see. That's kind of the whole thing they were going for. Love it or hate it. So, yeah, seeing it well lit battles over some cities, over certain lakes, I think it's going to be pretty epic. It's uh, it, it's it's it, it's fun to watch um, TV producers kind of come up against the, the the wall of what's possible, even given infinite budgets, because yeah. like um, Game yes. of Thrones was the most expensive TV show of its time. And that dragon fight mm-hmm. was still the darkest thing you'd ever seen in your life, because I'm guessing they couldn't really they just couldn't afford to like light two giant dragons from episode of TV yet. And now we're in a new place. Can they do it? The Rings of Power, spending billions of dollars to make Matrix elves uh, throw chains at orcs. I mean, clearly the oh, things that's pretty up, cool. But I'm looking forward to the scene. I agree. That will be the inflection point. Will they pull off the dragon on dragon yeah. fight, which might be coming later this season? And that will determine where it goes. Now. I like Christian's comment, by the way, that he says, uh, perhaps people who didn't watch Game of Thrones because they were so far behind are jumping in early on this one after hearing they didn't have to watch Game of Thrones to understand what's going on. I'll just that's say possible. that again. I'm just surprised with how well it's done right out of the gate. I'm surprised with how popular it seems to be pretty early on with not a lot of um, stumbling blocks and, and no dips. So I'm, I'm, I've just been impressed and surprised and encouraged, by the way. Ooh, um, Martha asks, 
Will it be tricky with a change of Rhaenyra? Will people still love it? That's a great question because the actor is going to be replaced a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, I have no idea. Dan, you haven't, you may or may not have seen what happens yeah. then. Can you give I, your spoiler free impressions? I can. Yeah, I can talk about this. So I have seen the older versions of, of Rhaenyra and Alicent. I think it will be a little bit of an adjustment, but man, they come out of the gate swinging is what I will say with that. I, I think both actors do a really amazing job. It'll just be a little bit of getting used to it, not being Millie Alcock and Emily Carey, because we've been with them for a month and change now. I think people will warm to the older actors. I think we'll all probably miss the younger ones, though. It's going to be one of those things, you know, like in a really good story where you go back to the beginning and it's like, oh, I miss these days when everyone was young and innocent and all the Starks Hmm. were still at Winterfell and Bran could climb things. It's going to be like that with Millie Alcock and Emily Carey, I think. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I know that um, Emily Carey, who plays Allison, did say that it's possible they could return in season two. But yeah, I, I hope they don't um, or, or, or return like a very, very limited capacity. I don't feel like HBO would be dumb enough to do that. I, I feel like everyone loves them now. The task is to make us love the new people just as much and to go forward into the future, not to look back so much. Yes, of course, I'd be in favor of them coming back if it worked, if there was like a good reason for it. But I just don't want them to do what I think a weak will producer would be do would would be like they're testing really well. 1835. We got to get it back in the series like post haste, which I don't think they would do. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they don't do that, too. I agree with you. I don't think that will happen. I mean, let us know in the comments if Emily Carey and Millie Alcock could come back. Would you want them to? Um, I think if the one way that I think I would really like it if they pulled it off was if they came back as like guest stars in one or two very specific episodes for a flashback where it's like something very specific is happening in Mm -hmm. Allison and Rhaenyra's present relationship. And there's a way to parallel it with their past. It's something like that, like guest stars, fine, but I wouldn't want to see them back in recurring roles, I think, after this. I remember like in season two of Game of Thrones, when, when Jess Momoa came back for like a brief dream thing in the House yes. of the Undying for Daenerys. That was great. That was fine. That was cool. That was nice to see him again. But like, yeah, I mean, look, Kyle Drogo blew up after the first season. Like, again, on a different network, they were mm-hmm. like, so how are we going to get this guy back on the show? But no, he's dead. You can't do that. Um, but yeah, bringing it back for a little thing. Cool. All good. There's also yeah. the possibility that, I mean, if, even if we don't see them in um, flashback form, we could see them in deleted scenes because apparently there's a few of those going yeah. around. So not long ago, Greg Yaitanis, who was the director of the second and third episodes, I think, uh, the Rogue Prince and second of his name, uh, it got out that's right, that yeah. there was... Um, this scene that we didn't get where it was Rhaenyra and Alicent before Alicent's wedding to Rhaenyra's dad has a photo from a scene that was cut and Rhaenyra's yes. kind of helping Alicent get into her wedding dress and being like, marry my dad, huh? You sure that's a thing we 
we're 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 all on board for that, are we? Yeah. Is this what you want? And I guess I get why. Well, I have no idea where that would have been because the episode kind of ends with the announcement. So they would have like skipped forward a few months because a royal wedding it doesn't just happen. Daniel has to plan those things. Um, it's true. And then and then ended it. It sounds kind of odd, but I hope it turns up on like a DVD or something. Blu-ray. Sorry, I'm same. I'm, I'm young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope we get it in, in the, uh, the physical disc of whatever medium you prefer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my theory for this, because I, I read that this would be kind of a parallel to the scene in the first episode where Allison is helping Rhaenyra get ready sure. to be announced as the heir. So yeah. drawing a very intentional parallel where here Rhaenyra is helping Allison getting to her wedding dress. So I think this probably would have been like the last scene of the episode Mm -hmm. or either last or second to last. But I think I could see it going the announcement and then the stuff with Damon and Corliss and then jumping back to Allison's wedding. This is totally me speculating, but just in terms of how it would mirror the first, that's how I like that would be mirroring the first basically because Rhaenyra is seen as like the end of the first episode yeah the wedding dress is gorgeous you can't really see it here and there were more pictures that I think have been taken down at this point have from they? one of the hairstylists I I yeah I noticed that I noticed our embeds about on this article some of them had been deleted um so I don't know if they got in trouble for posting pictures Uh, But they posted pictures of the dress and a headdress that Allison was supposed to wear. And they are gorgeous. You can't really make it out in this. um, She has like Targaryen dragon wing shoulder shoulder pads in this picture, too. So, yeah, I hope we see this at some point. Would have been nice. Um, As as Andaman asks, what's the time jump to episode five? And Andaman, um, I've seen a bit of it. And I I can tell you, I can reveal exclusively, just don't tell me what I told you. There's really not much of one. Um, for the first time, yeah. episode five picks up pretty much right where episode four picks off. We're not going to yes. have anybody come in and say like, we've been planning this for a year and a half ostentatiously to the camera. Wink, wink, wink. That's how you know yeah. how long of time it's been. Uh, this one pretty much straight through, which I think is just to let you guys know, by the way, the whole show isn't going to be like this. They're going to do time jumps for yes. a while. And then once the war starts, it'll just be more like Game of Thrones, where it's it's we're not like jumping forward in time. They're doing a whole lot of setup here. But when the setup is as entertaining as it was this past week with, you know, uncles getting together with nieces and nieces getting together with bodyguards, and I'm not complaining at all. I, I think they're doing a good job of making setup feel like it's um, climax. No pun intended. Yeah, totally. I think this it almost feels a little bit like episode four and five are kind of like a two part ending for the younger actors a little bit mm-hmm. because it does carry a lot of the same plot points as opposed to the first episodes where when I think it was Miguel Sapochnik said he could see this being an anthology series and covering other periods of Targaryen history. I kind of squinted at that, but seeing the first few episodes and the way it's like each one is a different period in time with different things happening, like it's easier to to imagine that. But I think four and five are their one story. I think there's maybe a little bit of a passage of time in five subtly, just because there's a lot of traveling. Like uh, that's not something I think the show really makes a point of just like thinking about it. Now there's, there's some traveling that's got it. There's no Varys Merman in this show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I will say like, again, I'm not spoiling it, but I I just watched this episode and it kind of feels more like game of Thrones. Cause like there are people going over the map 
and it's cutting across different stories. And I'm like, oh, I remember this. Good times. And less like just yeah. incredibly intimate one thing going on in one place. Yeah. But yeah, those are some of the big House of the Dragon things that I think we had on the docket to talk about today. You got something? I want to hit up one more about yeah, yeah. the intimate nature of the story. This last episode, everyone was, in, everyone was getting intimate with everybody. It was all about intimacy. And um, yes. there was just one interesting thing I thought because the scene where Rhaenyra and her uncle Damon are in the brothel and they're becoming amorous was, okay, A, really, really intense for me to watch. I was on, I was on the edge of my seat. This episode was tense. I was watching it nervous yeah. the entire time, which I thought was great. When I was watching it, and he kind of puts the moves on her and then leaves sort of abruptly. I didn't really get it. Um, I, I, I thought maybe he thought okay. better of having sex with his niece. That was certainly a possibility that I thought about. Good for you, Damon. But in the inside the episode featurette, I did not think of this, that Rhaenyra being excited by Damon's advances triggered his impotence which we'd seen in the first episode with myceria and that's why he got huffy walked away got plastered and woke up weirdly in myceria's um mm-hmm. uh solar or room or whatever that, that didn't occur to me nice. did anybody nice. else out that out there get that or were you in my boat and just kind of a, a, a little more confused well no, not confused just like it was confusing but i did not understand what was happening while i was watching it at least not that part i Yeah. You know, I didn't I feel like this is one thing I really like about this show. I think a lot of the interactions, there are like two or three layers to all Mm -hmm. of them. It's not so much a straight like, oh, they did this because this. I didn't read it that way about the the impotence, which was basically once Rhaenyra started enjoying it, it was a turnoff for yeah. Damon because he needed to feel in control was kind it's of what like, they uh, said in the inside the episode. Therapy now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I read it as so Rhaenyra and Viserys are like two of the only people that Damon actually cares for at this point Mm -hmm. in the story so i kind of viewed it as like him reaching a point where it's like is he going to actually go through with this thing not even necessarily sleeping with his niece but like doing it in this manner in this really kind of sordid way sure um as her first experience and just having second thoughts about that and like from a moral standpoint because i do think damon has an (laughs) odd moral streak where it's totally out the window most of the time but then occasionally it crops up in interesting ways what did you think about the power dynamic though because they i'm i think correct me if i'm wrong here but i think (laughs) i think in inside the episode they also said they pointed out that damon did this on purpose like in terms of taking her somewhere very public because he wanted word to get back to viserys is that something you thought of that didn't not really occur while, to me when I watched not the first while I event. watched it, but then when I watched it back, it made sense because he takes off the hats like he purposefully takes off her hat, unveiling her really distinctive white atomic Targaryen blonde hair. He removes his hood, really distinctive flock of seagulls, um, like uh, <laughs> uh, silver hair. Like you do that yeah. to be noticed. So actually, I like that because I didn't catch yeah, that, sure. but they played fair. Like that one, they played fair with. I think the impotence thing was was not really telegraphed much, much to my liking. But that thing actually was. I was just too dumb to get it. Do you? Th- well, again, with the layers, there. It's like even if you got three things about it, there's probably <laughs> one more you missed, which is awesome. Yeah, I love that. So that's, that's quality stuff. So l- let's think about this for a sec. So if Damon okay. did this intentionally with Rhaenyra, I've been thinking about this today. Go ahead. Does that mean that 
Damon came to King's Landing with this in mind. So like this was his plan because there's a moment where he glances at the throne when Viserys is like, you're not a conqueror holding Aegon's knife to his throat when he shouts that. I loved that little detail. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's Uh, why Damon came back was was to do that to Rhaenyra to get closer to the throne? No, I definitely could because he couldn't have known if Rhaenyra would be, I don't know, um, as interested in him as he was or as open to that as she was. I think he came back definitely with the intention of resuming his attempts to get the throne. I think once he flirted yeah. with Rhaenyra in the garden, he was like, I see a way. I think that's what happened. I think that's okay. when the plan formed. Okay. I think he definitely planned it. I'm not sure he was planning it for years, but he was definitely planning it from like yeah. that afternoon. And that's enough. One night's <laughs> all it takes to... Um, yeah. Just upend a dynasty and ruin everything and piss off his brother. So apparently with oh, some good comments here. Um, someone mentioned the music was really fun. I, it was uh, it was it, it was almost like horror movie music when it was like when Damon and yes. Rainier were good, which is nice for the show to um, communicate through the score that it is not a proof of this incest. Um, this this <laughs> this the paradigmic incest. Um, so, yeah, that was good. Uh, let's see. LCH Jeremy thinks it's definitely yeah. a going on there. Absolutely. Kind of with Kristen Cole a little bit too. Ooh, LCH pointed out in a review on Which his had very channel, different music. Yes, it did. Once Renier started getting into it more and Dim was in complete control anymore, it just wasn't into it then. Which, yeah, which just, that that's a problem for Damon. Like that is a and a thing you address in therapy. I don't think there are any West Coast therapists at all. There, and there are some doctors who think it <laughs> no, leads to the height of probably praxis. not. Um, as, uh, let's see what else we got here. As Elsie Jeremy says, I yeah. think Damon is the more the opportunistic type. I think he saw Rhaenyra, was feeling deeply depressed and feeling pushed aside and saw an opportunity. I agree with you, Elsie Jeremy. I think that's what happened. I think he is yeah. an opportunistic dude. He does some stuff that I already want to talk about the next episode, but we won't. I can't. But of course, Damon's going to, you know, always stirring up conversation wherever he goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damon's therapist, Bill. Oof. <laughs> Uh, he's a royal, though, LCH Jeremy. They can afford it. His brother would, set, would pay it. all of his bills, yeah. If they can afford <laughs> just a giant stable to house their dragons and a bunch of people to speak and feed them, they can afford, like, a therapist. I'm going to go ahead and say three times a week for Damon. Like, start high and see what maybe least, goes Yeah, that seems, that seems like a good starting point. Three times a week. I'd be curious to see if the therapist lives out the week. We'll see. Yeah, me too, actually. We he would see, run through uh... therapists like <laughs> tissue paper. Yeah, it, it would be so gone. Yeah. As Andaman says... Matt is awesome. I agree. Absolutely yes, killing he it. Is. Daniel, if this show keeps going like this, I said this before, but I, but I really, really believe it. And they, it keeps being this high level of quality and they get to all the stuff from Fire and Blood. I don't see how this doesn't become the role of Matt Smith's career. I don't see how it doesn't become bigger than The Doctor. Like, it's it's so juicy and he's so good in it. And there's so many high points to come with Damon. I, I, I think he has this in the bag, assuming he keeps his nose to the grindstone. Yeah, you know, I think I agree with you. I So admittedly, I'm not a huge Doctor Who person. I've seen some mm. episodes. I haven't seen a ton. But I do think like Damon is the money role of this show. Like there are a lot of money roles, but like that's the one where like there's a reason that we've all been talking about Damon every single week because he's just written to always be doing some crazy thing that's going to get to us. That wacky Damon. That wacky Damon. I think Damon is one of the best characters in this show. And I don't think I don't know that Matt Smith is widely considered the best doctor. Like I know a lot of people love David Tennant. So it's like I could see how this might put him above that like long term, Um, especially if it gets to everything in fire and blood, because Damon 
Damon's got some juicy stuff coming up and I can't wait to see how they handle it. Again, I'm just thinking about all that now. I'm thinking about all the opportunities they're going to have with this crew. I'm thinking about uh, Adam yep. of Hall and I'm thinking about Nettles and I'm thinking about some of the big battles I got coming up and I'm like, oh, this could be yep. so good, but okay. The God's um, Eye, man. <laughs> I mean, that's the one I keep coming I try to back like to. Break down the seasons, like what they could, like yeah. where were they getting season two, season three, and it couldn't, I think four, like just looking at the events, I don't think it could last past four. That's because that'd be, I just don't see how they could stretch it past that, but I don't know. We'll see. The only way they could do it in three is if they rush the come down because the dance of the dragons has a pretty long, like long tail of how it resolves. And I hope they don't rush that because I think that is what they might need a fourth season to really explore. Mm -hmm. But interesting. Yeah, I guess. It, it would be. It will be. I'm ready for the hour of the wolf. I am curious to see how they do that. But yeah, I guess there's maybe there's one other show that's going on right now. There's that other fantasy show. Oh, right. The Rings of Power, Rings of Power. aired this a new episode this week. I thought it was the <laughs> best one that they have had so far. Um, we got to see Numenor, the mythical kingdom that Aragorn's ancestors are descended from. It's yeah, it's basically Tolkien's version of Atlantis. Atlantis. What did you think of this episode? I liked it. I mean, I'll be honest. What I, I was surprised you liked it as much as you did, and then that you graded it so high. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a little. I, I thought it was good. I thought it was a little messy. Um, okay. I mean, really? the, the rings. I I, I think it th- th- that the show just feels a little a little rote at times. Just. The elves doing the matrix thing with the chain. It looked, I like, it looked cool. Don't get me wrong, but just it's, it's not really giving me things that I couldn't get in a lot of other action adventure fantasy type things. Like, like no one else is doing what house the dragon is doing. No one else would dare. (laughs) Yeah, that, that is fair, but I don't know. I, I, I'm watching like elves fight orcs and kind of go like, with a chain and i'm like that's cool i like yeah. it but i'm just i'm not really i'm i'm not thrilled by it in the way that i'm being really excited by house of the dragon and i know that we shouldn't well no that's not true comparisons are inevitable i said that from the beginning uh so i like it i enjoyed numenor yeah. i like that oh my god so beautiful you can switch the budget yeah. there and uh i like what was going on i didn't I didn't, I mean, and, and then, you know, we learned like that Halbrand, who's the, um, the dashing ocean man is a, is, is a secret King in waiting, which gave me serious Aragorn flashbacks. Of course. And I didn't I like wonder that if, for the record. And I wonder if all the speculation about him being secretly Sauron or whatever is people trying to talk themselves out of the um, seemingly obvious path they're taking, which is Aragorn. 0.0 it's like maybe he's yeah. a evil guy well i think so i didn't think about this i saw this theory online and was just like up oh, that that i would bet money this is what they're doing um my first thought was is this sauron <laughs> once he started charming everyone really? because that's a thing sauron's known for only when he started charming people in numenor i didn't think it at gotcha. all before that but then when the secret king thing came out i bet he i either he i bet he could be theo's father Bronwyn's person that she had Theo with think that's a possibility. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think either or both of them will become Nazgul. I think that is more what it's setting up than Sauron. They have the blood of Morgoth. Sure. They have a darkness in them. 
they can still be kings then, and we can still get Aragorn 2.0, but he'll become a Nazgul and it will be sad. That'd be different. Yeah, it would be different. I think if they really played with that to the point where like he's judging and executing people and stuff like that, that mm-hmm. could be crazy. But we have a ways to go to get there. And I do agree that it's a little rote in terms of the plot. There's nothing really that is flooring me. I liked the Mordor twist. I saw it coming before yeah. it happened um, that the Southlands is what will one day be Mordor. So we're going to see the origins of Mordor in this show. That is fun. Just uh, again, like she like finds the symbol. It's a map. And again, it's fine. It's cool. It works. But it's it's also like it gave me Nancy Drew. It gave me like Hardy Boys. It, it, it just it wasn't anything that it felt like it was thought up by a tv writer which it was and that's fine and i liked it and it was good it's just it's not punching me in the gut like um i don't know yeah you figure you would buy with a billion dollars yeah i and i think a lot of that comes down to the writing honestly because i think the visuals are incredible oh. i think the music is great you know i found myself gasping like at just how gorgeous numenor was but you can't make a show on that alone and yeah thinking about like <laughs> You know, like the politics of Numenor, they're okay. Um, I love the whole, like, the sea was right. That kind of cultural development, I think, is cool. That's cool. But, like, thinking about Galadriel and them trying to, like, navigate the Numenorean politics. And then imagine, like, because you can't help but compare, because that's where we are right now. Imagining, like, what would this be like if Daemon Targaryen lived in Numenor? Man, he would turn it into a hive of debauchery in, like, five minutes. (laughs) Sauron would get there to wreck Numenor and be like, well, my work here, I'm not needed. I guess I'll go back to Mordor. You uh, keep doing you, Daemon. Because, yeah, the politics are just so much more dangerous in House of the Dragon. Like, they're real politics, real politics in a fantasy show versus, you know, the Numenorians don't like elves because of other dark influences. It's not a political reason, really. Which, I mean, mean, like, and that's fine because Lord of the Rings isn't that show. Like, and it it shouldn't be. By the way, somebody asked me YouTube, um, uh, sorry, I can't see your name anymore, but uh, Galadriel, Galadriel versus Damon, who wins in a fight? I mean, um, for my love, well, I love Galadriel, <laughs> but okay. So this Galadriel, Damon wins my love, but Galadriel wins the fight because she's like thousands of years old and has gotten a few tricks up her sleeve in those millennia. And uh, Damon's a Hellion, but well, I guess with his dragon though, oh, he'd win. Okay. Yeah. That's a surprisingly complicated answer, you know, to that. Yeah. I think if the dragon then might yes. pull something. If no, eh, I think she'd see it coming. I think Damon would win with Probably. the dragon, but without it, Galadriel would win. That's my answer to that. Uh, yeah, that that's a, a fair answer, I think. Um, Andamon says Galadriel doesn't feel so True. angelic as she was in Lord of the Rings. She feels like a teenager here. She does, that's yeah. the, that's the point. Um, I I think that is a very intentional thing because she is thousands of years younger here. I, she's supposed to be thousands of years younger. We don't know how yeah. the time's going to actually work out between this show and the, the third age. Um, oh, wait, th- yeah, but a, a lot younger. I mean, she's still thousands of years old. I actually agree, agree with your Andaman that the elves in general, like I did not like that yeah. first, that very first scene where the elves were that like the elven kids were being bullies. I hated to that. Yeah. Elven that made no it sense. just, it, it, it did not track just, in Valinor, I mean, yes, no less. Yeah, which is like a paradise. I mean, yes, elves Heaven, yeah. uh, can, can, can be younger and more reckless, 
but they're not that petty. They're, they're always a little more angelic, a little above us. That did not track. And that was the first scene. Like, eh, yeah. that, that, that gave me some bad vibes at the top. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the ship metaphor I did not particularly like from her brother either. It felt like a clunky, clunky meta. If I used that metaphor oh, in an yeah. article, you would have yelled at me for it is how I felt oh, when no, she. <laughs> well, I would have yelled at me for it. Um, <laughs> so but I do think. Uh, the rings of power has an uphill battle for sure. It, it's weird to me that it started after house of the dragon and it's going to end before house of the dragon, but there were good things in this episode, whether you liked the, the weird looking warg, which I personally thought was kind of cool, but I can understand why yeah, people might was, not have it was, liked it. I didn't mind it. it was scary I, looking. I, I noticed it. I was like, the hell is that? Yeah. But um, it was fun. Yeah, I agree with Jay Patel. Elendil is my favorite by quite a lot. He's nice. Yeah. There's something. Yeah, there's something about Lloyd Owen, that actor in that role. He just like he project. He's just got a presence where you just sure, I pay more good. attention when he's dropping lines. Um, I like the actor who plays Muriel, too. I don't know her name off the top of my head. I hope we get more of her because I thought she was pretty good as well. But That's yeah, we'll see. New, new episode Friday. Yeah, By I the miss way, the dwarves. Yeah, they're also my favorite part of the last one. What's what's next on the old agenda, Daniel? I guess uh, the what are we watching? And we're going to switch it up. Yeah, because I've also been reading. We've been watching and reading this time. Yeah, I don't know, Dan. What have you been watching aside from these two shows? Are there other shows? There are. Worth um, anyone's I, time. I mean, I'm still watching the Orville, still enjoying it. Uh, just the, um, nice. the earnestness in uh, uh, on tv in 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 2022 far too much that's being sarcastic i'm liking it i'm enjoying it um i never did star trek so it's just kind of uh getting into the rhythm of it is different for me but i like it and i read something hang in there i will i'm I'm in season two i read um the epic i read the i read the epic poem the green knight by an anonymous medieval author who's been lost to time it's pretty short it's uh it, it, it wasn't hard to read but it was nice. It was fun. It was um. It, it's kind of cool to read something like that and like a a, a, a real book, epic poem, whatever you want to call it, written centuries ago with sensibilities that are just different from the ones we have now. You know, like yeah. people kind of caring about uh, things that it doesn't make sense to us. But then also there are some parts that hit really contemporary, like uh, as it would today, like characters kind of behaving back and forth with each other, interact with each other in like a flirty, fun way. It's like, this could, wouldn't be out of place in something on TV now. And then there are other bits, some misogynist bits, I'm not going to lie, that maybe would be kept off. Okay. But you know, yeah. talk about a product of your time, like the year <laughs> 1200 or whatever. Product of your century. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you, did you see the movie? The Green Knight. I, I, I saw that first, and then I read the book just over the past couple of weekends. But again, it's 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 it's, it's a short book. Sure, added a lot for the movie. How, Jeez. Yeah, I was going to ask. How did you think? So I have not seen The Green Knight. I haven't read it. Mm-hmm. How do you think they stacked up? Um, it wasn't terribly faithful. I mean, it was in some of the events, but it, it was much more serious. The movie, the book, I kind of have like a light yeah. touch to it, and I get it because we 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 look back through the centuries and I think the only way we can make sense of something, this um, kind of epic is to turn it into like a serious drama. 
I mean, if I yeah. were making the Green Knight movie, I would have gone lighter because the book is 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 not terribly heavy. The book is like a, a like a more like a cute little fairy story with some humanist elements rather than like the dark, gotcha. grim journey. I liked the movie. It was fun, but um, not 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 very much like the book. No. Got it. Cool. How about you, Daniel? What are you reading? So I've been reading probably more than watching anything because I've just been watching House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power on repeat. I've seen each episode multiple times this week, but I have been reading this book, Notorious Sorcerer by Davinia Evans, came out yesterday. Um, Full disclosure, Orbit sent me a copy of this to check out. I have been enjoying it quite a lot. It's kind of a... I would compare it to like the lies of Locke Lamora or Neil Gaiman. Like it's about this petty alchemist who's trying to climb the social ladder and is just a chaotic mess of a human being. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of fun. And it's got the kind of the lyricism of like Neil Gaiman where it's like the writing is lyrical, but also like fun. (laughs) If that makes sense. It's, it's not the last unicorn just trying to make you weep your tears of sadness with its beauty it's like she uses divinia uses great metaphors that are also like haha okay you said that i like that so yeah i've been reading that it's excellent and uh i have not been reading this book but i know it came out this week and i'm gonna get to it uh the third book of the locked tomb gideon the ninth i i think the new one is nona the ninth so a lot of people are really excited about that book get to it eventually too many books too little time Yep, there are always books. It's good to remind people there are books in the world in addition to yes. TV and movies and video games. By the way, Richard asked a That's smart-ass true. question about um, if it's lost to time, how did you read it, Selkie? Okay, well, Richard, the book isn't lost. The author's name has been lost time. No one knows who wrote it. The book has been in print for like 800 years. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Get the gavel. Oh, Not really. Not Don't to. do you it. Know what? I'm, I'm just, no, okay, no, really wrong. <laughs> If anybody out there has been reading or uh, watching anything, let us know. We'd be curious. Julie's still reading Fire and Blood. Not really watching much, though. Nice. Uh, yes, Saul is correct. This full title is Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It is the complete title. I just called it the book. Gotcha. It was written, cool. according to Saul, in, um, oh boy, the 16th century. I got that right, right? That's the XVI, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. It is indeed. And Christian <laughs> asks, Daniel, ever read the Dragonlance Chronicles? Did you? I have not read Dragonlance. I know of it. That's Raistlin, right? So I, I know a little bit, but I haven't read those books. They're on my list, my eternal and never ending list of books to read. But if you like them, let me know. You could spend your entire life just, just reading. That sounds like Samuel Tarly. Reading, watching, just doing 24 hours a day and doing nothing new and still come nowhere close to everything is in the world. So um, yep. that's nice. Uh, shall we move on to the lightning round? Yeah, I think I think it is the time for the lightning round. So I am going to ask you first, I think. No, you ask me first. Okay. I'm All so right. confused. Yeah, no, on the lightning <laughs> round, we go over some of the stories we couldn't fit into the name body of the show and give our 20-second takes on other news. The first item for you is not only has filming wrapped on The Witcher Season 3, they might have run it for Season 4 and 5. Yeah, so there's a report that The Witcher is planning to do uh, season four and five back to back. This has not been confirmed, but keep an eye on uh, Netflix's event, To Doom, coming out on the 24th. We're watching that for announcements. But yeah, either way, season three is filmed. So that's exciting. Probably come out 
mid to late next year is my guess. Yeah, sounds about right. All right, uh, Dan. So Kit Harrington, Jon Snow himself, <laughs> is enjoying, in quotes, he's enjoying House of the Dragon. <laughs> yeah, um, Kit Harrington Kitter- Kitter- is funny because he's like one of the cast members. You could tell likes, like likes to watch the show. Um, like some, yeah. you can tell like this is a job, but he's like, he's into this. He had the idea for the Jon Snow spinoffs. Like he came to them and pitched that, which I think is hilarious. Um, he's enjoying the new show. Yeah. Of course he is. Good for him. I want to see what, what, what they all think about it. Yeah. All right. Daniel, um, next news item, Amazon has canceled. It's 80 set sci-fi show paper girls after one season. Any knowledge of this one? Yeah. That it, uh, not really. I know it's basically, it's based on a comic and it is in a similar vein to stranger things. There's a time travel time 80s. war element. Mm-hmm. 80s uh yeah it, I, I guess it didn't really do very well either that or amazon is getting on the netflix train and canceling things quickly because it wasn't out very long yeah. so it's I heard too good bad things. i know some people liked it okay dan so some gaming news the Ooh. zelda breath of the wild sequel title mm-hmm. and release date were announced so the next zelda is the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom it's coming out on may 12th 2023 Will you be playing? Sweet. Yeah, yeah, I will actually. I play a couple of games a year, maybe, and I will I, I will make some time for Zelda. I like Breath of the Wild. Not I do not like that title. Tears of the Kingdom. Eh, like it's yeah, not quite a metaphor that we're familiar with. Like the references. It reminds me of the rise of Skywalker, where it's like those words don't really go together, do they? And neither do these. But the game, I'm all over. Title, mm, workshop that one. It feels like they just took some yeah. Scrabble words, like, like slammed yeah, them down to whatever order it was. Okay, sorry, going on. Okay, no, um, that's fair. <clears throat> you compared it to Rise of the Rise of Skywalker. I think that's a good comparison for how it's like. It's, yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite fit the way you think it does. Like I know that you're, you're, we'll you're like I'm pulling. Sure we get we got to move on, but I want to talk about this more. Yeah, um, Daniel. <laughs> Uh, there's a new trailer out for Interview with the Vampire, starring Jacob Anderson and Sam Reed. Uh, that show will start airing on ABC on October 2nd, right in time for spooky season. Are you going to watch? Yeah, I will definitely be watching. Um, I love, you know, Interview with the Vampire and Anne Rice's books. Um, I'm a little nervous about, you know, the different time period for this, that they're, it seems like trying something different with right. this show. But I'm curious. I'm too curious not to watch. Um, Me too. Yeah. I will be checking it out. We'll see where it goes. Will you be checking out this next one, though? So Charlie Cox, he plays Matt Murdock slash Daredevil in uh, Disney, Netflix, Mario, all the stuff, you know. He is teasing that there could be a tonal shift for Daredevil Born Again. He isn't scared of it, though. What do you think? I think it's funny how everyone who gets asked this is trying to make like the new Daredevil show isn't going to be significantly more family friendly than the last one um, because they get paid by Disney and they don't want to make their employer happy. But yeah, obviously Daredevil's not going to go nearly as hard as it used to because it's it's, it's on Disney <laughs> Plus. Yeah, the show with the network else. So that's just the truth. Yeah, totally. All right, Daniel. Here's a Doctor Whoish one. Uh, how would you have felt? If the producers of Doctor Who, working on the request of the 12th Doctor, Peter Capaldi, had done as he asked and cast Tom Hanks as the Doctor 
in a guest spot. Would you have watched then? <laughs> Probably not. Um, <laughs> that just sounds, it sounds like folly. And Tom Hanks, for the record, said this sounded like folly to him, too. He said he couldn't do it. Um, it's kind of a quintessentially British role. British. It would have been so weird to have, you know, Tom, American Tom Hanks trying to do a British accent to be Doctor Who. No one wanted that. Not even him. I would have watched it, but that's just me. <laughs> that's fair. It could have been funny, I guess. All right. So the last question of the lightning round. Disney brought out the big guns to get everyone's attention at their D23 Fan Expo. They want us to watch their things until we wither away into dust. They premiered new trailers for a secret invasion series starring Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, a werewolf by night Halloween special that's coming out this year, and The Mandalorian Season 3. And they announced stuff like the lineup for the Thunderbolts, which is their anti-hero crossover movie to end phase five. It's a lot. Ooh, Dan, are you ready to sell your soul to Disney? Yes. I, well, I, I was born ready. Um, of the things they revealed, Mandalorian season three, I'll watch. And uh, I thought that, that the Secret Invasion trailer looked like they were going for old school MCU kind of a serious sheen. I thought that one looked kind of promising yeah. and just like expensive which is what the MCU should do best. It's like just big, splashy, straightforward, entertaining. So um, I, I, might, I, I might watch that one. Cool. Yeah, lots of good All stuff. All right. And that is... We made uh, That it. has been <laughs> an episode of Take the Black Live, which is a show that we stream every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winter is Coming Facebook page, the Winter is Coming YouTube page. We're also available in podcast form wherever podcasts are available be google play itunes or elsewhere and and we're also doing post house of the dragon episode breakdowns every single sunday uh right after the episode airs even a little before if you want to come hang out with us beforehand on the same places youtube page facebook page we're also on tiktok wiktok where we're posting all kinds of fun short videos aided by wonderful producer editor richard durante uh and that's about where we are so Thank you for watching. See you again shortly. Winter is leaving. Goodbye. Take care, y'all. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.